Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. All right, now the gospel reading is really long. I don't know if it's all of John 41, but it is, or John um, 9, it's on the bulletin, it says John 1 through 41. That'd be 41 chapters, and John doesn't have 41 chapters, but it's supposed to be John 9, 1 through 41. It is a story of the healing in the pool of Siloam, and 41 verses, a lot to read. Uh, so last night, I was looking in the Spark Story Bible, and in the Spark Story Bible, they have the pool of Siloam as one of their stories. So as opposed to reading 41 verses through our bulletin, I'm going to read it from the Spark Story Bible. So if there are kids around, you want to make sure that they can see it, but otherwise we're going to have story time with Pastor Tim, like I've been doing on Facebook and that you can find online as well. So from chapter 9, from the book of John, the Pool of Siloam. Jesus met a blind man on the road. He told the blind man, I'm Jesus. Some people call me the light of the world. I'll bring light to you for the first time by helping you see. No, Jesus, other people said. This man must have done something wrong or he wouldn't be blind. But Jesus knew the people were wrong. Jesus knew just what to do to heal the blind man. First, he took some dirt from the ground and added some of his own spit. He mixed it until he had made mud. Finally, he pressed the mud over the blind man's eyes. Jesus told the man to go and wash his eyes in the pool of Siloam. Splash, splash, the blind man washed the mud off his eyes. The very first thing the man saw was water. The second thing he saw was his face in the water. The blind man remembered Jesus' words, I'll give you light. Many people were shocked by what Jesus did. Some people were mad because Jesus could do what they could not do. So they asked the man who used to be blind many questions. How can you see, they asked him. Jesus made me see, he said. That's not true, they replied. Yes, it is. Jesus is a holy man, he said. Really? Really, Jesus could heal you too. Some people were afraid that Jesus could heal people. They closed their eyes and didn't want to see any more about Jesus. Go away, they said to the man who could now see. He went away. Jesus heard about what happened and went to find the man. When Jesus found him, Jesus didn't tell the man to go away. Jesus stayed with him. The man believed Jesus was the light of the world. The gospel of the Lord, the word of God for the people of God. Olivia even said, thanks be to God in the background here. I don't know if you guys all did or not. Um. Here's some thoughts that I have. I wouldn't call it a full sermon. Normally on Sunday morning, I would talk for 
15 minutes, and I, I'm not going to do that today, but I do have some thoughts that I wanted to share, particularly for what's going on in the world today. What I find interesting about this passage is that the man is born blind. And let's see if somebody can type in. Maybe we can make this um, where it's a little interactive, where I ask questions on Sunday morning. But the man is born blind, and what is the question that is asked? Does somebody want to ask what Jesus, what they ask Jesus? Go ahead and type that in if you know the answer. How, right? Um, Berg, say how, and anybody else want to join in? That's okay if you don't, you just want to listen. How can you make him see, Tom Barrett? right? Even before they get, how do you make him see, they want to know something else. I see Leslie Carson typing in. What sin? Who, yeah, how or who sinned? Oh, the more ever more is even more. Why, Glenn asks. Surely sin, right? They want to know who sinned. What did he do? How did he come back blind? He must have done something bad, right? What did he what had he done to become blind? They are looking for the reason why this person is blind. If this bad thing is happening, he must have done something to cause it, right? And they want to know who's at fault. Is it this man or is it this parents? His parents that had done something and now he is suffering the repercussions. And uh, I'm glad God doesn't work that way. Because if the God worked that way, how many people here would be, born, would be blind? <laughs> right? We would be blind. And unfortunately, that seems to be a common way in which people think about when these kind of disasters happen. And unfortunately, um, <clears throat> it's not an uncommon thing for other Christians to say these kind of things. I remember when uh, Katrina happened. Um, down in New Orleans. And there's some things that New Orleans, you know, everything that goes on down there, this is God's judgment on New Orleans. Or even when there was a tornado in Minneapolis in 2009, when the ELCA was going through and deciding to allow uh, people in same-gendered relationships become ordained in churches to call them. There was a tornado that occurred at that time and a very prominent um, person said, uh, this is God's judgment on the ELCA for allowing them to do this, because the weather hadn't called for any kind of tornado. They said it kind of came out of the blue. And uh, we're looking for who can we blame during this time? What did we do wrong? And I think the whole point of it isn't that somebody did something wrong. You know the expression, it happens, right? Sometimes things just happen. And it's not about what caused it, what did we do to cause it as far as God's punishment on us, but rather it is about how do we respond to it. And Jesus' response, what is Jesus' response to the people that ask who sinned, this man or his parents? What does Jesus instead say the response should be? As opposed to what he did that caused it, God says it's an opportunity for God's love to be shown. It just is right? More what we need to do, rather than is it punishment, it's how do we respond when bad things happen. And I saw this meme come up uh, the other day on Facebook, and I shared it. Um, I hear someone answered, neither have sinned so that God's works might be revealed. 
the church was never supposed to be about the building. That's what the meme had said. The church was never supposed to be about the building. So often we um, put our faith into, we go to church. Do you go to church? And the church is this building, this place that we go to, as opposed to the church is a group of people that are doing the works of God. So we really need to change our language to, we are going to worship as opposed to going to church on Sunday morning. And instead, we are church wherever we are, and that we're asked to shine light um, when bad things are happening. And yes, that we can, uh, there are reasons why bad things happen, right? Reasons are sometimes we make bad decisions, and we need to acknowledge it and apologize for it and do things to correct it. But it's not God's punishment on us, right? As if God is doing this. And, and uh we're just, you know, puppets on a string. Rather, we are asked to respond to it. And I think so much of what our scripture is about, so much of our faith is about God calling people to go out and respond to it. Abraham's whole promise is God uh, makes these people blessed to be a blessing. God doesn't say, this is what I want you to do. Everybody gather in one building on Sunday morning, and that is how you display your faith. Instead, God says, go out and live out your faith. And where there are the dark places going on, where there is the fear, where there is anxiety, where there is people that have lost hope, that is where we are called to be. Now, it is still good to come together. We need to do that. But maybe this is an opportunity, not that God gave us this opportunity, but how do we view this as an opportunity to show the world that the church was never supposed to be about a building? The church is always supposed to be, how are we living our lives out in the world for those who are afraid, who are scared, who are hopeless, who are homeless, who are oppressed? And it's really hard to do at a time when we're called to be inside our doors. But there are still ways to do that, whether it's our presence on social media, whether it's our presence when we still go out. Um, I love this quote from Mr. Rogers, and perhaps you've seen it before. Mr. Rogers had said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in his news, my mother would say, does anyone know what Mr. Rogers' mother would say when he would see scary things in the news? Emily Rainey just said it. Can you type it in, Emily? Here. Look for, I'm even going to unmute Emily. Emily, can you say that out loud for us all? Look for the helpers. Look for the helpers. Look for the helpers. It is hard to help when we confine ourselves as a church into a building, and that is the primary place in which we do everything. But that should only be a place in which we come to be sent back out into the world. And what this is um, asking us to do at this point in time is how do we find other ways to do it? How are we the helpers? How are we the people that are potentially even healing the blind people and maybe mean doing unconventional things. Because can you imagine when Jesus goes to heal the blind man, he spits, so he's got this fluid that is really kind of unclean, into the mud, rubs it around, and rubs it on the person's eyes. What do you think that guy is thinking at the time when Jesus spits, makes mud, and rubs it on his eyes? That is a very unconventional method of healing. And then he tells him to go wash it off as if that is supposed to be doing something. I think as Christians, we should always be looking, I think, potentially for the unconventional ways 
of healing in the world. We always need to be asking ourselves, what uh, are there new ways of doing things in which can reach out to people for God's love? And this, I believe, has really given us opportune time to be able to do this, to find other ways of being the church in the world, to allow people uh, to understand what God's love looks like, to show the world the church was never supposed to be about the building. It was always about what happens when we leave the building. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.